Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Tunes, exit channel 80, tune in, and your smart speakers. And how can Tom Brady make a top 10 quarterback list twice? This is how. Now, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN info reporter, had a chance to talk to different personnel members in the National Football League and said, give you, give him their top 10 list when it comes to quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, number two. Patrick Holmes was number three, was number two, excuse me. Tom Brady, number three. And Josh Allen of Buffalo was number four. But this is how Brady made the list twice. Because Joe Burrow's number five on the list, Key, and a veteran NFL offensive coach said, and I quote, I hate to compare anybody to Tom Brady, but Joe Burrow might be the closest thing. What? Did he take nine sacks in that playoff game against Tennessee? Didn't flinch. Hung in there. He's just got a toughness about him. And the correct way to talk about a guy like Joe Burrow is the way he was able to hang in there and the ability to think through a game, end quote. Now, how many times do you think he's going to be able to take nine sacks in a game and survive? Oh, no, that's – Yeah, that's the and only I, like, that, I, I get the offensive – he's speaking like an offensive coach is what he's doing. He's coaching right there. Nine sacks, and he's the closest thing to Tom Brady. Stop, man. Stop. Because <laughs> if Ryan Tannehill doesn't turn the ball three over three times, the Cincinnati Bengals are going home. Stop. They need to just stop it. They're not going I mean, to. based on, Especially when they hear you say like that, they're not going to now. Based on but that. The, but but I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I know you're telling the truth. They're still the reality not of it, it is if, if Ryan Tannehill – doesn't turn the ball over to the other team. The Tennessee Titans is on to play the Kansas City Chiefs. And losing to them because they're not beating them. Yeah, man, nobody want to hear that. I love the prisoner of the moment operations and the way people think about things. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. There's one Tom damn Brady. We won't see another one, no matter how much you want somebody to be something. And and you've been covering sports a very long time, Freddie, and the way these things go. Mm-hmm is it's all broken down in certain quarters, however you want to. You want to break it down in quarters or halves. And and what I mean by that is when a narrative is set about you, there, there's going to always, no matter who the player is, there's going to always be something said about you and it's going to stick with you for the rest of your career. Good and bad, yes. Good and bad because that's what wh- whoever starts it. So if coaches start it, then the people in the broadcast booth, they get it in the pre-production meetings, and they now pushing it during the telecast, and then it goes from there to the newspaper people. Then they sell it on the Internet, and then the fans get it, and they go, oh, it's the closest thing to Tom Brady. Like, man, if you don't stop, if you don't stop, Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Tom Brady didn't lose it. So don't tell me anything about he's the closest thing to Tom Brady because Tom Brady wasn't the closest thing to Tom Brady when he got drafted. (laughs) True. Very so let's true. stop it. <laughs> Speaking of stopping it, I'm glad you mentioned that in terms of because you know how I feel about Lamar Jackson. I know how you feel about Lamar Jackson. Plenty of people feel the opposite way that we do about Lamar Jackson. 
Here's Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL reporter, earlier on Keyshawn, Jalen Max about why Lamar Jackson did not make the top ten according to other executives. Last year, Lamar Jackson came in eighth place, and this year he got jumped by Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, who had massive second years, and then Deshaun Watson is back on the list at number nine, which, you know, is a difficult situation. We don't know how long he's going to play this year. Wasn't on the list last year, and so that opened a spot for Lamar. Now those three spots are gone. That moves him from eight to 11. Uh, but, you know, talking to people around the league, you know, they say, look, he, he, he didn't have the best year as a passer, struggled with the blitz at times, and that offense, it's difficult to be a pure pocket passer when you major in in running the ball and minor in passing where other quarterbacks like Dak Prescott who edged him for that 10 spot more of a pure pocket passer more of a pass first offense Lamar doesn't have that luxury never mind the fact that the same executive said he has gotten better as a pocket passer but they're never going to look at Lamar Jackson that way even if he wins a Super Bowl there are going to be plenty of people that have the yeah but mentality when it comes to a guy like Lamar Jackson in Baltimore Again, this is all about quarters of halves, however you want to break it down. You're going to have people that look at Lamar Jackson and they don't like that style, and that's okay. It's 32 teams. One of the 32 do, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. That's why they're getting ready to extend him $200-plus million plus of guaranteed money for to be their quarterback, continue to be their quarterback of the future. Um, they are not a rhythm-passing football team. Mm-mm. So his accuracy – and completion percentage numbers are never going to be high. They are play-action pass, run first, ball over the top, Hollywood Brown, deep down the field, tied in in the middle of the field. Team. They're not throwing two-yard hitches and screens and bubbles. And They're not giving. That's not what they do. So he's never going to be a 69% completion percentage guy. It's just not going to happen. But they're not going to give you that context and tell you that story. They're going to make it seem as though he can't hit the side of a bus standing next to it. <laughs> but you got to be smart enough to be able to decipher and eliminate the constant nonsense and chaos around quarterbacks like him. You've got to be able to eliminate that and know what you have. And whoever that coach executive was, he'll probably be fired in a couple years anyway and on to another team while Lamar Jackson will be trying to get his team to a Super Bowl. That's the reality of it. That's the way it works. Oh, no, by, by any standards, if Lamar Jackson was on the streets, how many people would take him if he was free to go play for them? Mm-hmm. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, Keyshawn Johnson, Freddie Coleman, ESPN Radio, you just said something that really popped something in my head. So many people want to be smarter than the room when it comes to evaluating players, evaluating teams. I'm not saying that this list is wrong. Any subjective list – you can base it on whatever you want to base it on, whatever your criteria is. Which is true. Yeah. I just always, when I look at a lot of these lists a lot of times, and then I hear some of the comments about Lamar Jackson or what this one said about Aaron Rodgers, that does he take enough risk, laid in the down with pressure, he won't take risk, this coach said, on certain players where he's throwing the easy completion on the smoke route and the game's on the line, you're thinking, is he really trying to win? So many people are trying to be smarter than the room that – if it ever happens that way, they can say, see, I told you so. I was right about that. Those are outliers because those things don't always seem to happen on the level when it comes to an Aaron Rodgers on one side, a Lamar Jackson on the other side, or even a Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. We want to take that other side. Did it, did it come from Bill Belichick? Did it come from Bill Parcells, Bill Polian, Tony Dungy, Ozzie Newsom? Did any of them say any of these things about Lamar Jackson? Because no. if they did, then I could – Believe it and start to look at it and mm-hmm. say, okay, well, I see what they're looking at. But when it doesn't come for credible people like that, just because you're a coach and a personnel person, 
doesn't mean anything to me because everybody sees things differently. They all got their own flavor of what they like. You know, I look at my own career for that matter. Certain situations dictate certain things to happen. If I have the wrong coach or the wrong quarterback, that doesn't, you know, if I had if if if, if I had one quarterback for 11, 12, 13 straight years, imagine instead of playing with 15, 16, 17, 18 different quarterbacks in an 11-year career. But it is what it is. You dealt with the card. You you got the cards you was dealt in the hand that you have, and you got to just play with it the way it is. And that's the way the Ravens are doing it. They built the offense around Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. His skill set is unique and special for what they want to do because Joe Burrow couldn't do what Lamar Jackson is doing for the Baltimore Ravens. It, he couldn't. But I bet you Lamar Jackson could do what Joe Burrow did for the Cincinnati Bengals with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in 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 company. Now I bet you that. That's the difference for me with Lamar and some of these other quarterbacks. It's gonna be very interesting. Think about that. Think about what I just said I, though, Freddie. I, I, I was thinking about that because what, what if I put him on that team? On the on the Cincinnati Bengals? And he was healthy with all that talent on the offensive side. I didn't even get to Joe Mixon. No, you did not. Like, come on. It's, with that offensive line, even that wouldn't have mattered because he'd be able to escape a lot of pressure. Exactly. Exactly. I heard you, brother. And then, and then if I give Joe Burrow what, what he was dealing with with the Ravens, how would that look? That's all it is, is context. I hate to be I hate to be that guy, though, man, because I just Why? be so – Because I, I, I break it down so so smoothly – for the people that's so, listening. So, so, in other words, you you love to be the guy, but you hate to be that guy. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, because I'm breaking it down the way it need to be broke down. You got to look at it objectively. Stop I, looking at it silly, right? That's the way people look at it. Right, and that that's what bothers me about a lot of these lists and the comments that are attached to an Aaron Rodgers and a Lamar Jackson because I think they're trying to be too smart, trying to be smarter than the room. That's the part that bothers me about a list and the comments. The list doesn't bother me. It's the comments afterwards. That's what bothers me. Give Lamar Jackson what Joe Burrow had, and let's see what happens. We'll see two times this year. Lamar stays healthy. Burrow stays healthy. Those will be two interesting games in that division, the AFC North, especially the quarterback list. Lamar Jackson was not in the top ten. I guarantee you that guy saw everything about that. He's Keyshawn Johnson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. We switch gears. The NFL hasn't gotten started yet, but Major League Baseball has been in full effect. Are we playing Buster, what it is right now? Well done, Alan Yates on the ones and two. We're going to find out what it is right now. Buster on the ESPN Baseball Insider joining us here <laughs> on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Uh, you had Yankees-Red Sox last night. The Yankees running away and hiding, but the Red Sox back-to-back comeback wins, Buster. I don't, I don't want to use the word confidence because it's hard to say that when you're trailing by that much, but what kind of Red Sox team do you think we're going to see the rest of the year after winning these back-to-back games against the Yankees? Well, this was a team that, uh, if you imagine, uh, you know, with all the injuries that they've had, it, it felt like, uh, you know, they're trying to tread water and just keep their noses above it. Um, and when we talked to Alex Corey, their manager, before the game yesterday, he was he, he said he was pleased with how they were competing, you know, given they're running out rookies. And Rafael Devers, who's one of the best hitters in baseball, was out of the lineup in recent days. And so it was happy that they came back and won on Saturday. It really is amazing because if you watch the you know the entire series, it felt like the Yankees dominated about ninety percent of that series, and the Red Sox walk away with a split. 
going into a week in which they're going to get Chris Sale back on Tuesday, Nathan Avaldi back on Friday, they get Garrett Whitlock coming back, and at some point, you know, soon, I mean, in a few days, uh, you would think Rafael Devers would be back in the lineup. So they're hanging in there. Now, let's not pretend they're catching the Yankees. Right. I think if you're the Yankees right now, you're just trying to figure out how do you best use this huge lead that you have in terms of resting your relievers, resting your starting pitchers, giving your everyday guys a blow, and whether or not, uh, you know, whether or not you're going to be aggressive at the trade deadline. Buster, should the Yankees be concerned? I know they have a huge lead, but should they be concerned for a second-half collapse given the fact that they just dropped these two games this weekend? No, okay, and I, I got to tell you, I've been fearing my conversation with you this morning because at some point I, I, I know this, you're going to yell at me. Okay, <laughs> but, don't you uh, tell me they're better than the Dodgers. <laughs> no, it's Buster. not going to be about that. I, it's not going to be about that, but I'm just going to say, you're going to yell at me at some point. No, <laughs> if you're the Yankees, you're not concerned. They're playing great. Uh, I do think the big question is going to be, and we've already seen subtle adjustments by Aaron Boone using that huge lead. You know, in Thursday's game, Aaron Judge had a little calf issue, and so he didn't play. He probably would have played if they had a two-game lead instead of 15 uh, the last couple of days. He's not, he's not using relievers in back-to-back days anymore, which is smart mm-hmm. because you, there's no point in stressing out your pitching as we go down the stretch because they do have that big lead. I am going to be fascinated to see uh, you know, how aggressive they are in going after players that would help them in the postseason. First and foremost, Andrew Benintendi, the, the Royals outfielder, who's going to get traded to another team in a lot of respects, he'd be a perfect fit for the Yankees. But I don't know if the Yankees will step out and outbid other teams because you're essentially, whoever you acquire at this point with that big lead, you're essentially uh, acquiring them for the postseason because they're going to win the division. Mm. ESPN Baseball Inside Buster Owner, who used to be a friend of Keyshawn Johnson, joining us on Keyshawn yeah. Jamal and Max on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. How difficult has it been for the other team in New York, the New York Mets, seeing a 10-and-a-half game lead disappear? They're about to play the Atlanta Braves three straight games starting tonight, and that lead is down to one-and-a-half in the NL East. Yeah, and Freddie, this is not about, like, the Mets uh, stinking up the joint and blowing the lead. Right. This is about the Atlanta Braves playing 125-win pace over the last six weeks. Oof. They're rolling. I mean, And you think about what they're doing right now. You know, they're the defending champions, and they did that essentially without Ronald Cooney Jr., who was out second half of the year with a knee injury. He's back. And, oh, by the way, they got the number one and number two leaders for National League Rookie of the Year that they've added uh, in Spencer Strider, Michael Harris the second, who's chasing down everything in center field. And, and so they're playing great, and they made up all this ground. And a little interesting move made by the Braves yesterday – Picking up Robinson Cano, who was released by the Mets earlier this year, this has not been made official. I think you guys can expect Cano will be activated for the start of this series tonight. Veteran left-handed hitter, maybe bringing a little intel into the uh, Braves clubhouse as well about the Mets. Mm. So, Buster, Otani was named uh, to the All-Star game not just as a pitcher but also as a hitter. Explain to me, because I'm, I'm trying to understand this, explain to me, and give me some context on how good he is, but also how does this affect the all-star roster because he's holding up two spots, I would think, right? Well, they can actually, uh, and I haven't gone into the numbers and see who's going to be replaced and who's injured. Uh, for example, Jordan Alvarez, uh, you know, we found out yesterday he went on the injured list. 
So I think key in the end, they're going to wind up, uh, you know, with 32 players plus the one honorary uh, member. So, in, you know, that's an advantage from the American League. And by the way, the American League roster is absolutely stacked. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, Otani, as great as he was last year with his recent trajectory, I think there's a chance he's going to surpass what he did last year because he's gotten better as a pitcher. His command's gotten better. I, for me, there's no question. Aaron Judge is the MVP of the first half, and there's also no question by the end of the year if Otani stays healthy, he's going to win the MVP. Wow. We're going to be right back to where we were because you remember at the end of last year when he was the unanimous selection, the thought was, okay, this guy's overall production as a hitter and a pitcher far outweighs anything any, that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. or any other player did. That's where we're headed at the end of this year uh, because Otani just keeps getting better and better. So what So what happens in the lineup, though? Does he pitch and hit? or how, I'm trying to figure out how they're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know specifically, uh, you know, the decision they made. You know, last year they – the decision was made the day before the game that he was going to lead off, if you remember, and he also pitched. I would think that he would do that, but you know what? There are other guys who are worthy, probably have more uh, reason to be starters than him, like Justin Verlander's having this amazing first half, but I don't have that pinned down for you exactly what they're going to do yet. Outstanding stuff by Buster Owner, ESPN Baseball Insider, joining Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio. Who's going to command more money when the contract comes up? Is it Aaron Judge at the end of this year? or Shohei Otani at the end of his contract next year? Oh, with all due respect to Judge, he's going to kill it. He's checking every box as a prospective uh, free agent. Uh, Shohei Otani has a chance to be the first $50 million-a-year player. Now, if the Angels don't sign him between now and when he becomes a free agent in the fall of 2023, think about the teams that are going to be lined up. You know, The Dodgers certainly will check in on it. The Seattle Mariners would love to have him. The Giants with tremendous payroll flexibility, the Yankees, the team that I'm watching very closely are the Mets because their general manager, Billy Epler, was with the Angels. He developed a very strong relationship with Otani, uh, who trusted him, uh, did everything that he said he was going to do, made Otani comfortable with the Angels. They, to me, are, are the, I would call them a wild card, except for the fact that their owner probably can write the biggest check to Otani, wow. who's going to make more money than anybody's ever made as a player. Buster, you obviously be covering the All-Star game and out here in L.A., and our Dodgers will go after Otani and we'll give him the statement. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> what's the field in the, in the home run derby looking like? It has a chance to be the best home run derby field that we've ever seen. You know, we don't have an official announcement yet, but Pete Alonso, now that he's on the team, you would assume, you know, as a two-time defending champ, he's going to come back and defend. Uh, a lot of rumblings that Otani is going to come back. Ronald Acuna Jr., John Carlos Stanton, going back to L.A., you know, worked, uh, back in his hometown. Uh, I talked to him yesterday. He, he hasn't finalized it, but it sounds like there's a chance he's going to be in it. Kyle Schwarber could be in it. I, that right there, you get those five guys and, yeah. and whoever else they had, it's going to be an incredible field uh, and a fun competition. And let's face it, it's going to come down to Pete Alonso has mastered this event. He's got his heart rate down. He, you know, he's got the pitcher he wants. He knows how to do this thing, and the question is going to be, can anybody take it away from him? And Stanton, Otani, Schwarber, those guys all have experience doing this. Acuna, they, so it'll be fun, 
to see if uh, somebody can off Pete off the perch. So once the All-Star break is over and the All-Star game festivities are done, we get closer and closer to the trading deadline. What deals could we expect? Benintendi is going to be dealt, I think, sooner rather than later. You hear from other general managers that uh, the Royals are ready to go. Uh, they're asking a very high price, as they should, because the high on base percentage, average, left-handed hitter, uh, postseason experience, he checks every box. Uh, you know, I, I would expect that the Blue Jays would probably be involved in that. I mentioned the Yankees before. That's a big question. Uh, there, some of the best starting pitchers who had been available ha- have had some injury issues. Frankie Montas, Kyle Hendricks of the Chicago Cubs. Um, it's not going to be, I think, a, as uh, startling a trade deadline as it was last year when you had you know Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trading, uh, moving to different teams. But it's it's still gonna, there's going to be a lot of action. Always action packed when we got Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider, getting us ready for the All Star break because Buster is where it is and who he is right now joining us on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Always appreciate you, my friend. Thanks, thanks so much, Buster. Thank you, Key, for not asking me if Kershaw <laughs> should start the All Star game. No, Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hello, Keyshawn Johnson and Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us at Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Here's XM Channel 80 as well as tune in the National Hockey League that continue to be on an upswing, not only on the ice. Great Stanley Cup final involving the Colorado Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning, but off the ice to continue to make waves and inroads as well. Let's bring in Kim Davis. She is the Executive Vice President of Social Impact, Growth, Initi- Growth Initiatives, excuse me, and Legislative Affairs for the National Hockey League. As a matter of fact, the Pittsburgh Penguins are a sponsor for the Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year Award, part of the ESPYs. Kim, I want to start with this. The NHL's newly launched an NHL Street program, and a lot of people are excited about this. What are the expectations of something that can really bring the NHL to that level when it comes to fandom and also teaching the game and growing the game? 
Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, the street hockey initiative is a really important step in this quest for us to make the sport of hockey what I refer to as more culturally available. And what I mean by that is that we have to make sure that the sport is accessible to communities and not just accessible in terms of where hockey is played, but how we connect to their various cultures how we connect to the music that's important to these different groups, how we connect to the sport, the food, the entertainment, all of those things. And street hockey allows us to provide a affordable, accessible model that can be played basically in any neighborhood. And we can go to these communities as opposed to saying hockey is available to you, come get it. We go and build trust-based relationships in these communities, and that's how we're going to grow the sport. And when you go into these communities to garner the attention of the youth, some communities don't have ice rinks in them. How how do you go about developing those places to be able to to get involved in in the sport? Yeah. You know, interestingly, um, a lot of hockey players across North America began their exposure to ice hockey through street, through ball and street hockey. If you talk to a majority of professional players, they will say that they started by playing street and ball hockey. So by providing street hockey as a ramp, it could be an on-ramp to ice hockey or it could be its own ramp. It allows us to expose kids to the sport of hockey, the stick handling, the, the puck handling, in this case, the ball handling. And just the coolness of hockey, the, the, the way hockey uses the physicality of hockey and, 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 and the calisthenics of hockey. But also, you know, just think about hockey jerseys and the swag of mm-hmm. hockey and being able to bring that and making that seem cool to kids in urban centers and rural areas. That's the idea behind this. So not not looking at the limitations of ice, but how can we bring the concept of hockey to kids where ice and infrastructure doesn't exist. Great stuff by Kim Davis, the Executive Vice President of Social Impact Growth Initiatives and Legislative Affairs for the NHL on Keyshawn J. Will and Max and ESPN Radio because Key asked the perfect question because there is that stigma, if I can use that word attached, to hockey being a very expensive sport and you can price young people, male or female, away from the sport. How much does having a great playoff run, like we saw in the Stanley Cup, whether it's an ESPN, ABC, TNT, Kim, how much that could really help remove a little bit of that stigma for people who want to get involved in hockey at a young age? Totally. I mean, I think the thing is that we talk about, um, you know, the sport of hockey being expensive, um, starting at a youth level, but all sports have become expensive because they become privatized. So when you think about, you know, beyond recreational sports and the fact that, our governments and our public services no longer provide those services in many cities for kids. You know, parents have to pay for these expensive camps. And so, you know, we have an $80 million fund called the industry growth fund that subsidizes uh, the opportunity for kids to get involved with learning to skate and learning to play the sport of hockey. So I'm less concerned about the cost at this point because you can always solve for that. I'm more concerned about how do we make the sport of hockey, particularly for communities of color, something that they feel is theirs and they feel is, is accessible to them. 
And we know from our communities, particularly black and brown communities, that going into the community and building trust-based relationships with those trusted leaders in the communities, whether it's churches or community centers, that's the way we're going to really move along that cultural availability. And that's the work that we're doing. That's the day in and day out work that is going to be a game changer, in my opinion, for the sport of hockey with communities of color. Kim Davis, executive vice president of social impact, amongst many other things, including (laughs) the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Penguins, uh, they're finalists for the Sports Humanitarian Team of the Year Award uh, this year. How big is that for this community as well as the Pittsburgh Penguins? It's so huge. Um, again, it's another example of the work that's underway across the entire system. Uh, the momentum and the movement, as you often hear me talk about, the league becoming much more intentional and focused on this work. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have been an amazing leader and trailblazer in this area, creating the Willie O'Ree Academy that's focused on building the pipeline of elite black talent uh, at the youth level uh, and the talent that they have in bringing on uh, front office leaders of color who have in many ways been innovative and led the way uh, uh, with this work being done. So I'm, I'm rooting for the Penguins. I'm hoping they will be the winners of this because it's well-deserved. The NHL, as we mentioned, being on the upswing for the longest time, and I don't want to say that they were in the abyss, Kim, but it seemed as if they were treading water, and now that seems to be a sea change. What is the ceiling, or is there a ceiling for the NHL continuing to grow as a sport and people starting to see the benefits of that on and off the ice? I don't think there's a ceiling because, in my opinion, the NHL, um, unlike any other sport, has the opportunity to really be a, um, a, a leader in the notion of inclusion, given the fact that 96% of our players are white the idea of inclusion means that we have to build those white players as allies and align them as part of this movement of change, given how demographics are shifting across our major business markets. And that's what's happening. The players through the player inclusion committee that we put in place two years ago are now leading the way in how they want to see this sport change and become more relevant because when it changes, it means that there's more money for them. That means we're growing the sport. That means we're growing revenue. And so this work is not about charity. This work is about growth. And I think that that's the thing that has shifted over the past couple of years. The mindset of the leaders and those in positions of power has shifted from looking at the engagement of underrepresented audiences at, from a charitable initiative to a growth an expansion initiative that's going to result in us growing our revenues and growing our sport. Great, great stuff by Kim Davis. Like we mentioned, the executive vice president of social impact growth initiatives and legislative affairs for the NHL, the Pittsburgh Penguins, a finalist for the sports humanitarian team of the year award, all part of helping us achieving victory over cancer. Go to V.org slash donate. Kim Davis joining Keyshawn Johnson and Freddie Coleman on Keyshawn, J. Will and Max. Kim, thank you for the time. Appreciate it. And good luck with everything. Continue success, my friend. Okay. Thank you so much, guys. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? 
You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Like I said, when I'm 75 and I'm on my 175-foot yacht, hanging out with my owner friends in the National Football League over in the south of France with Jay flying over in his G780 at that point. Yeah, I'll have a Speedo on at that time. If I'm Jay-Z right now... The name of the butler would be Jordan, right? And all would be at the front of the boat here. And Jordan! Thank you, Jordan. If I'm LeBron James, I'm... I'm, Right now, I got two Speedos on. I mean, I'm just... You know, when you Uber rich like them dudes, it doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I don't give a damn. How you going to no. out caviar and butter? What well, I want that? all that. I want butter? caviar and butter. Give me the extra snails from the hood. Extra I'm snails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that deserves laughter. Or Keyshawn J. I'm not eating no damn escargot. I oh, that don't even, that yeah. doesn't even look right. Yeah, you put it this way. I've seen people eat escargot. That's not something you want to see, dude. I'm telling no, you right no, now. I, not especially when I see the snails on the grass and I. We used to put, Mm-mm. you know, we was kids, badass kids, take the salt and throw it on the snails and watch them bubble. Yeah, all of my, uh, my cousins used to do that in Springfield, what? Massachusetts. Yeah, they used to do that all the time. Like they had nothing else better to do. Snails are not considered an animal, so we're all right. Put it this way, I'm not doing it. I don't want that kind of karma when I go to the pearly gates and the snails are going, that's him right there. I don't want that kind of karma. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you from that standpoint. It's time to do a little 
Super Bowl contender, as in C O N dash T I N D E R. This all got started the show today. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. We, we didn't know the difference between Tinder and Hinge and what, Alan what, Yates. What, what does this mean? The best cities right. that you go and you. Nope, uh, nope, 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 nope. Look on Tinder? No, no, no. It's going to be swipe left if you think this team is not a legit Super Bowl contender. Swipe left. Swipe right if you think they are a legit Super Bowl contender. Swipe right. That's why we call it Super Bowl contender, contender. which means that James That's very, Field. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You guys. Very creative it, it, from it, me. It really was. Thank you. We're not hating. At least All I'm right. not hating. I can't speak for Keisha. All right. So, first up, the Bills. Are they a Super Bowl contender? I would say I'm swiping right. They are a contender. Swipe they're right. They're they're legit contenders with a little bit of overhype right now. Ooh. I'm not, I like the little caveat there. I'm with you. I'm swiping right on them. We know about Josh Allen, what he's been able to do, but they got two of the best safeties in the league. There's no doubt about that. Those guys can command a lot of attention with Jordan Poyer as well as Micah Hyde. And also when you have Davis White, they're hoping he's going to come back from injury because he's one of the best corners in the league last year before he had that injury. They have all the makings of being that swipe right kind of team. But I wonder, it's one thing to be the hunter. I want to see how the Buffalo Bills handle being the hunted. All right. Uh, the next uh, candidate for a Super Bowl contender, the New England Patriots. You swiping left or right on them? I'm swiping left. I don't think right now as we sit today at at 9.48 a.m. East Coast time Mm -hmm. that they are Super Bowl contenders. Now, as we get into the season, it may change, but as of right now, no. Yeah, I'm with you. And I I think a big question for me, I'm swiping left on them as well. Another one. Another one. Because I wonder how much of the playbook they're going to allow to be open up for Mac Jones because you can try to out-scheme people, but in modern football it's not going to work if you don't have the threat of pushing the ball down the field. And they didn't have that threat last year, and they didn't allow their quarterback to do that. I wonder if that's going to be the case, if they're going to allow that to happen. If they do and he's successful, then maybe I'll change my mind. But until then, I'm with you, Keith. That's a swipe left on the page as being a Super Bowl contender. All right, next up, are the Cowboys a legit Super Bowl contender? I would swipe right because things can right. fall. It could fall in their favor. They got the best quarterback in the division, and if they win Ooh. enough games, they could have one of those top seeds, and they are a contender. Didn't say make it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Could they contend for a Super Bowl? I hate to do this as a Cowboys fan, but I'm going to swipe left and for one swipe reason. Swipe left. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, I can't trust him until that actually flies the other way because, Key, you're right. Dak Prescott's going to be better. He's going to be healthier in year uh, the year after having that injury. Ezekiel Elliott can still be a question mark, but if he plays anywhere near what we've seen, that's going to be a bad guy. And also the defense losing Randy Gregory, won't, that'll be minimized that a little bit. But Mike McCarthy being their head coach, I have trust issues with him. That's why I'm swiping left in the Cowboys. All right, up next, the Eagles. Go ahead and swipe left. Swipe it right, baby. Left. Super-like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swipe it right. Swipe the, right. The reason I'm going to swipe, swipe right. it right is because I got them right about where the Dallas Cowboys are. Jalen Hurts okay. continues to get better. They went and got A.J. Brown. We know what they got is Devontae Smith. They drafted the young guys out of Georgia. I think this football team could be taking a Cincinnati bingo-type leap this year. Swipe up. You just Super never right. know. I'm swiping left. I want to see Jalen Hurts do that. To your Swipe to what left. you said in terms of they get AJ Brown, they got Devontae Smith, 
and I'm not going to hold the playoff game against him. There was nobody winning that game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to see if he can make that step up because if he is able to do that, this could be a very, very special team. It could be a very special offense. But that's the biggest question mark to me. If Jalen Hurts can make that jump, can you be a guy that I think is a little bit above average to being a good quarterback? If he can be that good quarterback, then yes. I still wonder if he can do that. That's why I'm swiping left in the Eagles. All right, up next, the AFC West. Are they Super Bowl contenders in the AFC West? Who? The whole division? Yeah. Oh, the Chiefs. whole division. Well, mostly the Chiefs. The Chargers, <laughs> but, the, but mostly the Chiefs. The Raiders and the, the Broncos, but mostly the Chiefs. I would swipe, I would swipe left in that if that was the case. Because I think the only team that's real Super Bowl contenders right now are the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chargers will give them some run for the money, but I don't know if the Chargers can. Win. I don't know if the Chargers can win the division, and the Raiders will be whatever they are. And I don't think Denver. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't think Denver's like that right now. Yeah, what Keyshawn said. Let's move on. Uh, the the <laughs> NFC West, but not the Seahawks. Are they Super Bowl contenders? The Rams are. I don't know what the Niners are uh, in Swipe Arizona, right. so I'm sweeping, swiping left. Swipe left. Okay. I'm gonna. Well, too bad I can't do just for one team because I would swipe right on the Rams. I think going into this season, they're the best team in the NFC. But Keyshawn's right in terms of the questions. We don't know what Trey Lance is going to look like. Seattle, they may be more of a CFL team than an NFL team with no quarterback, no matter who's going to play that position. And then when you have the Arizona Cardinals, I think Kyler Murray can continue to make a step up, but you have to wonder how much of the acrimony in the offseason could affect this team. So I'll swipe left, but I had to do with one team in that division. I would swipe right on the Los Angeles Rams. Or the New Orleans Saints. Yep, it's time for the nepotism portion of this segment. <laughs> oh, the, the Saints. Well Are you swiping left or right on the Saints swiping, as Super Bowl contenders? I'm swiping right, but then <gasps> I'm, I'm, I'm Swipe not, up. Yeah, Super light. To swipe up, right, to, to clarify it? I mean, if you really, really like them, you can just... Swipe up. Super like. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm, I like I like the, the Shocking. Saints. No, it's not shocking. What do you mean? Is yeah, there that, any particular reason that you feel this way? Because my well, nephew, maybe one, for example. My yeah, nephew, one singular reason. My nephew plays for them and blood is thicker than water. Y'all don't say this when Peyton Manning was cheering for Eli. <laughs> yeah. Y'all weren't saying this. Now, well, we, brother, we, we were on his show. Yeah, we weren't producing a show with him <laughs> on it. So, Good comeback, by the way. Yeah, well, one yeah. more, real quick. The okay. Ravens, legit Super Bowl contender. If healthy, I'm swiping right. If not healthy, I'm swiping left. I'll swipe right on them because I think they're going to be swipe relatively right. healthy. They won't have as many injuries that they had last year, and that defense will be good once again. So Lamar Jackson, yeah, I'm swiping right on the Baltimore Ravens. How about how about Edmonton? Uh, oh, the Edmonton uh, Eskimos? Are they legit Super Bowl contenders? <laughs> I'm catfishing you. <laughs> I'm swiping down, <laughs> even though there's no such claim. There's no such oh, there's no, no lever like that on Tinder. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll do it again tomorrow, but Jay Will's going to be back. Greeny with Mike Greenberg comes your way next. This has been Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max on the mighty ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, 
Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.